0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer
1: the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the race. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, NORCOM, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, NORCOM.com, JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and by... MSA Design. Design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, home of lifetime powertrain protection and guaranteed credit approval. From our family to yours for life, visit Kelseyshev.com. UCrate, your custom crating and shipping solution. Visit UCrate.com. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipe. The
1: Reds are on the race.
0: Now, the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700
1: WLW. Oh, baseball cannot get here soon enough so we come to you from a winter wonderland. That is Cincinnati, Ohio, wherever you are listening tonight. We hope that uh, you are tucked away safely. I know there are a lot of people that are still on the roads and... Uh, Shout out to everyone out there that is stuck in traffic here in the Cincinnati area. I'm with you. I just drove through it. Not sure I was going to make it here on time, but we trudged our way through and we got her done. Tommy Thrall, not so much. He will join us on the phone here uh, coming up in a little bit. I'm Jim Day, by the way. Thanks for joining us here in the Reds Hot Stove League. We're presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. As we say, uh, baseball can't come soon enough. One week from today. Pitchers and catchers officially report to Goodyear, Arizona. The position players will report uh, after that on the 21st, and then not long after that, they'll get it underway for real in spring training 2021 and what we think is going to be a full season. couple of news items, uh, transactions by the Reds today. They claimed off of waivers from the Cubs. Infielder Mac, Max, he said, Schrock, That puts the 40-man roster at 40 and uh, also agreed to terms on a minor league contract and invited to the major league spring training camp, right-handed pitcher Braden Shipley. The guy that's in charge of all of that is the general manager of your Cincinnati Reds, and he is kind enough to join us and warm up this hot stove league. He is Mr. Nick Crawl. Nick, how you doing?
2: I'm good, Jim. How are you after your drive?
1: (laughs) You know, I'm okay, I felt bad because I had to go the back roads, and normally I'm the type of guy that would stop and help people, and there were three or four cars that were just flat out in ditches, and they weren't going anywhere. And I just wanted to shout out the window. I'm sorry, i got to host the hot stove leak. I can't stop. But uh, there are other cars that came, and I hope they, they got the help that they needed. Where are you emanating from tonight,
2: I, I'm actually uh, overlooking the uh, Interstate uh, 71 here in my office and uh, getting ready to go home.
1: Well... Good luck to you. I, I thought you were maybe going to say you're out in Arizona already, and that was going to hurt all of our feelings. But uh, we wish you luck in trudging through this snow because uh, this one has been a bad one. Uh, how busy have you been this uh, past week or so leading up to when you are finally going to convene in, in Goodyear, Arizona?
2: I mean, it's definitely been a busy off season in general in the last couple of weeks, uh, just adding – Adding some depth, uh, uh, whether it's small trades or waiver claims, uh, minor league free agents. So it's, it's definitely been a busy uh, last couple of weeks. And then uh, uh, two days ago, we got our protocol. So trying to sift through that and make sure that we have everything buttoned down so uh, we can get to, uh, get to spring training and uh, have a safe environment.
1: These protocols, obviously baseball is not immune to what we're all going through in society. Um, how, I mean, there has to be some worry uh, that you guys are, are, are starting on time, and I applaud everyone for doing it. Um, but if you have to shut down a clubhouse in spring training, as far as pitchers go and health goes, uh, has, has the league talked about contingency plans, or how worried are you?
2: No, I, I think you, you just you, you have to have uh, you have to convey how important it is to to obey all the health and safety protocols. I mm-hmm. think we did last year. Um, we had we had one scare last year that uh, um, that that. Just happened from the from the outside, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think players did a really good job of of you know doing everything they needed to do, um, whether it was not going out or um, you know to restaurants, bars, stuff like that, or uh, you know just uh, living in in, in the the team hotel and, 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 you know, at home when they come home and, and doing their best to, to be as safe as they possibly could. And I think that's uh, that's, it's important that uh, everybody knows that we're all on the same boat. Um, no matter if it's, if it's me or, 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 or uh, Mike Mustakis or whoever it is, you know, one person could, could really uh, affect the entire clubhouse. So um, we've got to be very, uh, very uh, vigilant in what we're doing.
1: Well, I went through the protocols, and it's a a long list. It's very intricate. So, you know, I applaud uh, everyone uh, for what they went through last year, and, uh, you know, leagues like the NFL made it through. So um, we'll just cross our fingers and hope for the best. Hey, Nick, I don't know if you know this, but there's been a lot of attention been given to the shortstop position of the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know if you've heard that or not.
2: Uh, There has, yep, yep. (laughs) We've talked a lot about it.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, It's one of those things that the, the free agents that were out there uh, when you went into it, I know you wanted to, you gave competitive offers. Was it a long shot to to sign these guys um, going in, knowing the situation as it is?
2: No, I don't know. I mean, I think look, we we we've, we've made uh, you know we we went after um, uh, several guys on the market and it didn't work out. I think uh, you know it's something where uh, you know we went at the trade market as well and and uh, and couldn't find the right match. And, and you know, I think that's we we. Obviously uh Kyle Farmer is still on the roster. Uh we picked up uh, Kyle Holder, uh who's a rule five pick from the Yankees. Uh, we got him from the Phillies. Uh to you know, he's a really good defender that hasn't played above double A and, and uh but a good contact bat. Um so we're just you know, we're trying to add as as you know, some depth there for right now. But yeah, look, we were in on, on every one of these markets and, and they just uh they were um, they chose somewhere else, so I think at the end of the day, um, we, we, it wasn't for a uh, wasn't for not trying, but uh, we definitely, uh, uh, you know, it, it, while it would have been nice, it uh, it's something where I, we feel good about the uh, the guys we have coming in and and uh, seeing what they can do, and we'll see where it goes.
1: Did you exhaust all trade uh, possibilities, or is that something that you still uh, might be throwing a line in the water on?
2: Yeah. You never know, I, I, uh, you know, my, my, my daughter will ask me every now and then if you made a trade, and I just tell her not today. So, um, you know, look, I, I think that there's, there's always a chance that you can match up somewhere, but at the same time, I think this is where we are with going into spring training, and, um, you know, we, uh, we, we, we feel good about it.
1: Sean Doolittle was talking to the media yesterday uh, and, and coming over to him. He had talked about uh, Nate Irving, uh bullpen catcher who he had worked with in the offseason. Um, and obviously he's had some injury problems. He had some velocity that that had gone down over the last year or so, Uh, and he had talked about him feeling better and his velocity coming back. Were you able to get inside information to make you feel comfortable to make that signing?
2: Yeah, I mean, both uh, Nate Irving and uh, Simon Matthews, who's one of our minor league instructors, uh, worked out with him uh, at, uh, I think it was push performance. Um, You know, I think that's something where, uh we we did we we kept tabs on him all off season. uh you know him ending the season healthy was good um him uh, seeing some of his velocity come back uh this off season and, and to where it was and and uh you know just seeing where he was in in, in pitch design and and you know just making progress uh, to where he was a few years ago uh you know gave us a lot of uh a lot of hope for that. He can uh, he can be that guy to, to come in and, and and pitch games at the back end of the bullpen.
1: Now, when you talk about back end of the bullpen, um, obviously the Rysell Iglesias is no longer a, a red. Um, Amir Garrett has made it known that he already called himself the closer. How do you see the situation going in? Can you see? Uh, Sean Doolittle working in that position, Amir Garrett working in that position, or could it be closer by committee? How how are you entering spring training?
2: I I think there's a there's a lot of guys that could take that role. I think we're gonna we're gonna come in with an open mind uh, and we're gonna see how the competition uh, goes. Uh, you know whether it's whether it's the two you mentioned, Lucas Sims, uh, T.J. Antone, uh, Michael Lorenzen is gonna start for uh, compete for a starting spot, and you never know. Um, you know, if, if that would be a, a start relief, uh, you know, I, we're going to give him all the oppor- every opportunity to start and, and see where that goes first. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that can come in and compete for that position. Uh, you know, I think there's, we brought some guys in uh, where we feel good about our bullpen depth and, and uh, you know, with, with some of the quality arms we brought in and, over the off season and see where it goes.
1: Well, since you are waiting around for the traffic to clear out, do you have one more segment in you? Can you... Can you hang around and talk to the fans one more segment? Absolutely. All right, he is General Manager Nick Crawl. This is the Reds' Hot Stove League. We're presented by the Holy Grail Banks Budweiser and UDF. Much more to talk about when we come back. Rolling on on the Reds' Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks Budweiser and UDF. I'm Jim Day in the chair tonight. We hope you got a log on the fire and you're hunkered down through this winter winter storm here currently in Cincinnati or wherever you are continuing our conversation with the general manager of the Reds, Nick Kroll. Nick, thanks for uh, sticking around with us. Uh, Recently, uh, you know, it was up in the air about the designated hitter. Would it return to the National League? But as we speak now, there'll be no universal DH. Um, You have a logjam in the outfield for playing time which would have been solved by the dh in the national league again was it something that maybe you were hoping for or how, where do you stand on the dh right now
2: no i i think uh, you know you you can you if you have a dh you can mix your you mix your match mix and match your cl- club a little differently I, I think it was you know uh, there were some advantages and disadvantages to both so i, I think you, you we looked at it as okay whatever mlb decides then um, we'll just w- roll with those punches and and uh, and go from there. So um, I I do, I do like our club from uh, from an outfield standpoint. Um, you know, Shogo did a great job defensively. Uh, Winker was really good offensively uh, in left field. Uh, Simzel obviously um, uh, missed missed a good chunk of time last year. Um, Shogo filled in well in center field. So I think you you've got guys that can rotate through the outfield and and uh, be very productive and you know, we should be able to mix and match accordingly.
1: He tried Sinzel um, a couple spring training camps ago at at shortstop. He was a natural infielder, then moved to the outfield. Uh, Any thought to trying him there again, or was that ship sailed?
2: No, I I don't think so. I mean, I think at this point, um, you know, Nick Nick had some – played some obviously infield in college, uh, played infield throughout the minor leagues. Uh, You know, he's he's capable of playing uh, second, third, um, if, if you need him to there. But I think he's taken to center field. He's, he's really gotten better and really grown into that position. Um, that doesn't mean we won't try him at, uh, at different spots if it comes up. But uh, I think right now we're looking at him as our everyday center fielder and, and, uh, and go from there.
1: Do you expect the roster size um, to be a fluid situation, or is it set in stone because of the negotiations with the, the Players Association that it's going to be at twenty six?
2: I, I feel it's set in stone. I, don't, I mean, I think it's 26 in the first, uh, uh, first five months and 28 in the, in the month of September, so I, I don't see that changing anytime soon unless, uh, unless it's, obviously, it has got to be bargained between the union and the, uh, and the commissioner's office.
1: Seven-inning doubleheaders are back. Uh, where do you stand? I know you're old school in a lot of ways, but new school in some other ways, sort of like me down the middle. Where, where do you stand on seven-inning oh. doubleheaders?
2: You know, I really like the seven inning doubleheaders. I also like the extra inning rules. Um, you know, I wasn't sure how the extra inning rules would, would play out, but, but they've been fun to watch in the, uh, starting in the minor league from the big leagues last year. Um, it, it creates a, it creates some excitement with uh, having a guy on second base to start. Um, doubleheaders, same thing. I think you just a little different strategy, uh, with two less innings and, and how you're going to use your starting pitcher, how you're going to, you know, for us, how you're going to use a pinch hitter this year. Um, you know, are you going to use it early? You're going to use it late? How's how, how all that going to work? So, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about the, uh, the fact that we're going to play seven inning doubleheaders and the extra inning rule uh, in effect this
0: year.
1: When you look at the starting rotation, uh, obviously, you have Sonny Gray returning. Uh, you can pencil him and Luis Castillo at the top of the rotation. Uh, Tyler Malley has shown uh, some really good signs of development, Wade Miley. Uh, is hopefully healthy and returning, uh, but you might have a couple spots open. You had mentioned Michael Lorenzen will compete for uh, the rotation, uh, TJ Antone in there as well. I guess one of the questions out there is how uh, serious of a shot will some uh, prospects get in spring camp? Would it be too early to say that Hunter Green would have a shot, particularly coming off of Tommy John's surgery, or Nick Lodolo, uh first-round pick? Ow.
2: I would say at this point, those guys are going to probably be in need of more seasoning at the minor league level. Um, I I don't see them competing for big league spots in spring training, but I'd never say never. Um, I I think uh, you know with the the final two, I think you're looking at uh, Castillo, Gray, and Malley as three guys that are locks in the rotation, and I think you've got uh, you know probably four guys that are fighting for the uh, uh, four guys that are fighting for the uh, or five guys I should say fighting for those last two spots and. You know Wade Miley, um, who's been a very good starter in the big leagues for a long time. Um, obviously had some injuries last year, but you know he probably has the inside track. And then uh, Michael Lorenzen, who uh, who pitched well in, in some starts uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, who we got from the uh, Colorado Rockies, uh, has been working out with uh, with uh, our assistant pitching coach Eric Jagers at times, um, who said he's looked really good so far. Uh, Jose De Leon, who we acquired last year um, and came up and pitched a little bit, he was had a lot of success in the uh, Puerto Rican Winter League this off season. Um, so we're excited to, to see him build on that. Um, and then T.J. Antone, who uh, you know came in and uh, had some spot starts last year and, and some uh, relief appearances, and, and you know he's been a starter his whole career, and you know really took a step forward last year and was it was extremely uh, pitched extremely well for us uh, um, all season in the big leagues.
1: Last year, you could, uh, you know, we weren't around the players, but us in the media were able to talk at least electronically to the players. You could sense that there was a lot of frustration that the offense just never got going. And then we saw what happened in the playoffs. Did you share in that frustration where you formulate a team, you go out and spend money, and you look at the lineup, and you're like, wow, this team should hit, and they didn't. Uh, Did you feel that frustration? And at the same time, how... How much eagerness do you have to turn this thing loose in 2021, with a lot of players out to prove that last year was an aberration?
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely sh- shared in that frustration. I think the first month of the season was—I um, think, besides Nick Castellanos, uh, uh, you know, getting hot uh, at the beginning—it it, was—it was definitely frustrating. I mean, we, we had a lot of things going on. I think that um, you know, obviously, COVID weighed on a lot of a lot of guys' minds. Um, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, talking to different guys, um, whether it was Gino or, or, or Castellanos or, or you know, Shogo, um, you know, they didn't have they didn't necessarily have the seasons they wanted to have. And, and uh, you know, those guys really, you know, some of them took it to heart. But, you know, Shogo had a good second half of the season, you know, getting used to uh, obviously being in the in the in the states. And uh, uh, I think he got on base about with a, on a 371 clip uh, against right hand pitching, which, you know, that's. That's well above average in, in, in the big leagues. So, um, you know, if he can, if he can go out there and, and, and continue to do stuff like that, um, you know, Gino took this offseason uh, to heart and, uh, you know, I, he, uh, he was FaceTiming with one of our trainers the other day and I, I ended up jumping on to say hi and, and uh, he was talking about how, you know, he, he got a, a nutritionist and, and, uh, and, a, and a workout person to, uh, to come to his house. Um, and, and he's really trimmed up and looks great. Uh, coming into camp so you know guys like that they really took it to heart and, and I think that's uh, um, you know look there was some bad luck in there as well but I, I think also you know we, we just didn't score the runs we we should have scored with this offense and you know when, when you get guys like Flores, uh, Vado, Moose, uh, you know Winker took a step forward last year I, I think you know I'm excited about what this offense can do and and uh, and where they can go.
1: Well, speaking of the offense, um, you know everyone wants to know, and I, I certainly don't think it's too early to ask. On February tenth, what's the opening day lineup, Nick? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great question. I will. Uh, I'll defer to David on that one. <laughs> now, I, I look. I think we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some good uh, guys come in and have good competition, um, and I think that's something where you know we're gonna have. You've got you know some guys fighting it out at shortstop, but uh, I think you're going to have really good competition throughout spring to, to you know solidify spots and and uh, and, and move from there. So um, it's it's tough to completely project a lineup out, but I think there's going to be a lot of playing time for a lot of guys.
1: Oh yeah, well you know, I was kidding because that's the I, question I, I get Dale. I, I know you were. <laughs> Us media people don't fill out the lineup. Nick Kroll, thanks for joining us, general manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Safe drive home. Stay with us. I got a new colleague. Is John Sadak. We're going to talk to him. It's the Reds Hot Stove League here on the Reds Radio Network. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Densmore's, once again offering off-season Great American Ballpark Tours. The tour features outdoor areas throughout the ballpark and includes locations never before offered on the standard tour. Tours are available each Saturday and Sunday through March. Tickets at RedsMuseum.org. You're listening to the Reds' Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF. I'm Jim Day. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope you're getting home safely. All of you in the cars out there that are listening, take it slow and a big old hang with them. I am looking forward to working with a new colleague this year. We have a new TV play-by-play announcer. That you'll hear on Reds Baseball throughout the season. And this guy has virtually done it all. Calling NFL, NBA, MLB, college football, basketball, baseball, women's field hockey, I'm sure. John Sadak is the new voice of the Reds on the TV side. And who knows, he might be at a sporting event right now because the guy literally does it all. John, where are you emanating from?
3: Uh, I am from our dining room in our home while the snow falls down and, and being outside at any point when it's icy and snowy is a very minor league sporting event in and of itself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you and I have talked, uh, on the phone a few times, so we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And I know the excitement, uh, you have worked hard to get into this position, and anyone that has worked their way through the minor leagues, uh, you can applaud because it is not an easy go to get there. Um, how thankful are you still, even to this day, even though we're a little bit removed from the announcement?
3: I, I think uh, it's a level of gratitude and disbelief, honestly, that I'll I'll never get over. It's uh, it's it's very surreal. I mean, insert every cliche term that you want, and and they're cliche because they're true. It's uh it's something that's a disconnect in my brain right now man I, I just it, it doesn't feel real it feels like I'm gonna wake up at any moment and uh, and the kindness of, of you and the rest of the broadcast crew and the fans and uh, everyone in the organization it, it's just been overwhelming in, in the best ways possible.
1: This might be a tough question to ask and I'm sure you've been asked it many times um, about your style what fans can expect when they hear you you know are we going to hear uh, John Sterling with? Ellis, hot. Ellis, gone. Or are we going to, uh, you know, just uh, kind of let the the home run calls come as they will? What what's your style on everything?
3: Uh, I, I think my style in general is, is uh, for lack of a better term, to be myself. You know, I I, I think we should have fun and be loose generally. Uh, but I, I think we need to answer to the moments in the games. I think the game kind of tells us what we need to be at any given segment you know when it's that one run game in the ninth then it's my job to just shut up and, and let the, the atmosphere kind of carry itself certainly in a, a pre-covid world that'll be a unique challenge depending upon fans in the stands uh but when it's you know 14 and nothing up or down in the fifth inning then we we got to get a lot of other material ready and show some more personality and tell some more stories and, uh, i'm not really a home run call guy uh, I'm not against it. I just haven't used it extensively before. I, I think it's something that if it organically happens, and, and I may brainstorm in advance of the year, uh, but I'm not really beholden to anything now. I, I think every home run, every hit, every out, every strikeout is kind of its own thing. And if something happens that becomes a thing, then, then I'll roll with it. Uh, but, but otherwise, I, I kind of lend to the game and let the game take care of that.
1: I know that you, uh, you're a baseball guy at heart, right? You've done a lot of sports, but baseball is near and dear to you.
3: Yeah, uh, baseball is the sport that began my sports fandom. You know, it's, uh, I'm from New York City originally by birth. I grew up in New Jersey. My family's all from New York, and, and New York is a baseball town. Uh, that, that is the number one sport there for the Yankees and the Mets, and for years ago the, the Dodgers and the Giants. and There are still fans that follow those franchises to this day. Uh, my first childhood memory, period, not just sports, is, is being at Dave Rigetti's no-hitter, 4th of July, 1983. I don't remember a lot of the game, but I remember the final out because I was really tired and I wanted to go home and I was badly sunburnt, And uh, my dad put me up on his shoulders and I could kind of feel the cresting energy in the stadium when uh, Rigetti struck out Wade Boggs to end the game. and and the guy who, who caught that game, Butch Weiniger, was the hitting coach when I arrived at AAA, you know, many years later in life. And I was able to relive that moment and ask him firsthand stories. And, and I, I think baseball is a sport that uh, it begets conversation. You know, for, for me personally, my dad was a workaholic when I was a kid. Uh, and he was away a lot to help provide for our family. And the, the times when we were together. The connection was baseball. If we had nothing else to talk about, we could talk about what happened in the games the other day. Uh, the New York teams nationwide, what was going on in the World Series, whatever it was. And, and that kind of remains uh, the case to this day. That, that's what all of our conversations circle back to.
1: You got time to hang out for another segment, or my interrupting dining room time? I don't want to interrupt uh, family time because I know no, you... no. You're,
3: you're interrupting shoveling time, which is more than welcome. Ah, so. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, you, you need to wait for that snow to stop coming down though before you, before you shovel. So you got a little time. So you got a little time to hang out. That's good. We'll come back on the other side. We're talking to John Sadak. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, It's presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. All right, Jim Day back with you on the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Want to tell you about the Reds and World Series champion Eric Davis. They've launched a campaign to encourage youth baseball and softball participation in recreational leagues across greater Cincinnati and throughout Reds' country. The Reds and the Reds Community Fund will work to connect parents to local teams in time for the spring and summer baseball and softball seasons and leagues. For additional information, visit reds.com. Slash sign up. Some good stuff there. Eric the Red. Continuing our conversation with John Sadek. He is the new play by play voice of the Reds on the television side. Uh John, did they not warn you about some of the people you're gonna have to work with?
3: You know, all they said were glowing things, uh, chiefly <laughs> led uh by one Jim Dell. Oh no, no. no.
1: I, I was talking be... about Chris Welsh being a jerk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a, what a gracious, <laughs> fantastic guy. that uh, I, I got to spend about half an hour on the phone. And how about this? For, it, it's, it's odd, the intersection of life. So we're, we're having a call uh, the other day to kind of get to know each other. He was in a movie that's still kind of caught in COVID-related purgatory that hasn't been fully released yeah. uh, called Chance yeah. about a, a young man who's a bull player. Well,
1: the Matthew Modine who, was in that movie, right? Is that the one you're talking about? I think he's only been in one movie, Chris. Like I'm, I'm, I'm acting like Chris has been in several movies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but the uh, the actor who played the younger youngest version of Chance that uh, Chris is coaching against in the film is the son of a longtime friend of mine that uh, I've worked with on national radio. For wow! A long time. wow. And the, the intersection of life is so so weird.
1: Yeah, no, I I read the the reviews for that movie, and they they were. High on the movie, except for they were just critical of Chris's performance. They just cr- crushed him. Uh, so I, I think he's holding that that, that movie back a, a little bit. A kid, of course. I, I love I love the crafty left-hander. Hey, uh, we're getting to know John Sadak uh, real quickly. Real quick, I should say. Uh, family? Married, have a daughter, right? Tell us about the family and how excited you are to finally uh, get to Cincinnati. I know you got some good uh, reviews from people that you've worked with. You've talked about some of the people that you've worked with that that have Cincinnati ties. And I understand Pete Gillen, a former Xavier basketball coach, gave you a glowing review on the city of Cincinnati.
3: Uh, that he did. Yeah, my wife, Colleen, my daughter, Claire, uh, will be making our journey out there. We want Claire to finish her uh, second grade year where she is and then uh, make the journey over the course of the summer. And, and uh, indeed, Coach Gillen has become a, a really close friend. Uh, we speak just about weekly, even beyond the times we're broadcasting together. And when he got word of this, he said, John, Cincinnati, Ohio is the greatest town that I've ever lived in in my life. Anywhere, and I've lived in Hawaii. I lived in Virginia. I lived in Providence, and I love Cincinnati. And wow. uh, when you get that kind of an endorsement from a man who's that, who's that real, who's that upfront with everything, you know, he's he's such a a kind and generous person, but he's a really honest guy too. Uh, that, that was a pretty winning endorsement.
1: Wow, that was a that was a pretty good Pete Gillen right there. He's <laughs> Often been imitated about uh, Duke is on TV more than live at to Viva. <laughs> something like Line goes something like that. Hey, uh, you know, you, you're used to these remote broadcasts. Unfortunately, it's, it's one of the byproducts of COVID where uh, broadcasters aren't traveling to away games and having to do games on monitors, which uh, I experienced last year, which not easy. But uh, you, you've you been doing it on on basketball, so should be no problem for you.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been the case on on hoops and on, on football, too. Most of my college games were in person, uh, but I did two college football games off monitors. And most of my uh, NFL games this year, including a playoff game, were actually done off of monitors. And uh, pretty much every college basketball game I've done. You know, I think that's, that's part of our reality for now. Uh, we hope on the long term that you know, we're going to go back to being on the road, uh, you know, even beyond the chance to, to break bread and form you know, deeper relationships uh, with each other and with the, the club uh, away from the stadium, you just miss things. Uh, I think you can get by and do a good job, uh, but perfect world. We would love to, to obviously be in these stadiums to really forge in-person relationships with folks. And uh, but it does help having that experience because I've been able to pick up a few tricks. I'm sure like you and the rest of the crew have as well, like anything in this world, you do it and you can get a little better at it. And as foreign as it was in the beginning, it's maybe not quite natural. I don't know if that would ever be the right word, but it's easier.
1: Well, if in doubt, you can just rely on those pipes because you, (laughs) you got them. Well,
3: thank you kindly. Likewise.
1: (laughs) No, I I do not have those pipes. In fact, I was looking forward to you and Thrall being on here together because it was the battle of the pipes. And I was just going to be caught in the middle. But um, that, that didn't work out. Tommy snowed in. We might try to talk to him coming up. But, John... We, I look forward to working with you, man. I've heard nothing but great things about you. Uh, obviously, what you've done as a broadcaster speaks for itself, uh, but everyone that I've talked to speaks in glowing terms of you as a person and a man. So uh, that is a credit to you, my friend, and I'm uh, very much looking forward to working with you.
3: Well, likewise, and I'm glad that my widespread bribery is uh, not going for naught, so that, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. He is John Sadak. He is the new television voice of the Cincinnati Reds. John, uh, will be talking to you very, very soon. We will try to squeeze in a call if, we got, if you want to try to get in, 513-749-7000. Maybe we'll ring up Tommy Thrall and see how he's doing here on this snowy night. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, and we're back after this. The Reds Ballpark Operations Department is looking for additional team members for the upcoming season at Great American Ballpark. Positions are in seasonal event security and seasonal guest services. So here's your way to be a part of the Reds. Visit Reds.com slash jobs to apply today. It is the Reds Hot Stove League rolling on. Presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. I'm Jim Day. I've been flying solo on this show for a reason. Because... The weather's awful, and I warned Tommy Thrall not to live on top of a hill, but he went and lived on top of a hill anyways. Is he there?
4: Well, you know, you, you think about it. Uh, we work mostly in the summer, right? So I thought, yeah. well, if anything happens in the winter, I don't necessarily need to go anywhere. Well, two of the biggest, two of the three biggest snow days we've had, have been on Wednesdays. They One, have. I was lucky to get home, yeah. and then today I couldn't even get off the hill.
1: Yeah, I was lucky to get home that last time, too. I thought maybe you were getting me back because, you know, over the last year, it's just so pandemic that this happens. I, I had a cracked rim on my car that I couldn't make it into the show, and you had to fly solo, and here we are. You're snowed in. It just goes along with everything else. It's crazy that's happened in the past it year.
4: It really does. Well, I texted you, uh, what was that, about 2 o'clock this afternoon. I said, hey, can you come down from Loveland to pick me up for the show? Because, yeah. you know, you have an SUV that probably handles this stuff a lot better than my car, which, as it turns out, uh, doesn't go anywhere. It may as well <laughs> be on skis because any time you get that thing on a hill, it's just sliding. Uh-huh. And um, I thought you were I kidding. I thought I was, too. And then it turns out uh, that that was a little bit more of an honest text that I realized. So well, uh, you... I, I made it about 20 feet, by the way, in 20 minutes trying oh. to get to the station today.
1: Well, you, you didn't tell them what my return text was to you. Um, I, I can refresh. Oh. If you start walking <laughs> yeah. now, you can make it.
4: Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. I thought, you know what? That's really helpful. Great advice. Um, not going to happen, but great advice. I'll be able to drive down there, and then turns out maybe I, maybe I should have.
1: Well, you've officially missed your first time slot, so I'm glad that I was uh, a part of that. Um, hey, yeah.
4: sometimes, you know, when, uh, when you can't make the start, you, you're very fortunate to have great guys in the bullpen that's that true. back you up. And and that's true today.
1: That's the only way that I've stayed viably employed in this business is being a utility player that I can just play all around, all around the diamond, whatever you need me to do. So well, and you nailed it today. Just it was somehow find niches. Hey, real quick, we got about the 30 seconds or so, but you're going to be, I imagine these spring training numbers are going to be pretty good for radio this year. How much are you looking forward to actually going to Arizona, and they're going to let you call the games on site?
4: I I am pumped. Uh, We both did it remotely quite a bit last year, uh, and you were talking about it with John. It has its challenges, but just I was thinking about it today. It will give us some degree of normalcy, just being in Arizona, watching the games in person, broadcasting them, and uh, bringing the games back to the fans because there's just not the same access that we've had in the past, so happy to do that.
1: I lied. We have more than 30 seconds. Uh, again, oh. I I was told math was not part of the equation of broadcasting, and you know, we're still working on it. But now we have about 30 seconds. Uh, how Good. excited are are you about the, this the squad, man? The uh, just didn't meet expectations last year, and that can light a fire under a team.
4: I'm I'm very intrigued by this group. Uh, I I know there's a lot of frustration and the 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 fact that there hasn't been a big addition at shortstop. But, you know, I think the lineup is still pretty good. I really expect it to be a lot better. I'm really excited to see what pitchers step up and take positive strides. I think that needs to happen. Uh, but I think it will happen. There's enough arms that have a lot of potential on this staff and, and somebody's gonna step up and really impress us this year. So those are those are some of the things that I'm excited about. But I think that and I know we talked about it last week. I think the offense learned some things throughout the course of the season that will make them better this year.
1: Yep. Hey, listen, the pitchers and catchers report a week from today, I want you to put it on your calendar. We also are doing the hot stove league. You need to be here at six o'clock Cincinnati I'll, time I'll, next Wednesday. I'll
4: I'll
1: leave at noon. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Stay safe, That's my good. friend. We will see you. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. And everyone else, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to us. It's the Reds Hot Stove League here on the Reds Radio Network.
5: So long. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best